Welcome back to Work Actually, the podcast that delves into the reality behind different jobs and careers. This is episode number four out of the five I'm doing focusing on small businesses and how they've coped in 2020. Today's episode was with the absolutely lovely sisters behind the healthy snack brand Squirrel Sisters. So I interviewed Gracie and Sophie. The brand is award-winning. It's healthy. It's got no added sugar. It's 100% natural and vegan. And they're actually one of the only snacking brands in the UK that doesn't use syrups or sugar alternatives to their products. It was such a nice chat because we talked all about how they set up the company and the health story behind it. Also how they saw this gap in the market how the lack of planning in their business has put them in good stead this year, and also things like turning down investments and listening to gut feelings, and obviously what it's like to work together as sisters. So really, really interesting, really helpful, I think, for other small businesses listening because there's loads of really good practical advice. And yeah, just a lovely couple of girls, a joy to chat to. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Squirrel Sisters. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Work actually. Thank, Thank you. you. Lovely to meet you, kind of. Yeah, I know virtually. <laughs> Everything is virtual, isn't it now? Everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's so strange, I think. Actually, what's quite nice is when people say, do you want to do a phone call? And you're like, oh my God, yeah, rather than just like a video call <laughs> all the time. Not that I don't like seeing people's faces, but um, it does get a little <laughs> bit too much, doesn't it, sometimes? I know. We've actually got into the habit of that now. We only ever, like, FaceTime or WhatsApp call everyone in our team. So, like, you have to be kind of up and you can't be, <laughs> like, in pyjamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess running your own small business as well, um, you have to be quite aware in these kind of times of work culture more than ever, don't you? And just making sure, like, the people that you're sort of responsible for are doing okay they're not getting this kind of zoom fatigue all day or yeah feeling really stressed and kind of yeah it's difficult difficult yeah, time definitely yeah I think like I've spoken to a few people and they're just saying they're working more hours than they've ever worked because they're working from home and you're kind of literally at your desk at you know the early hours and yeah it's just it's very different isn't it now with the work I know it's uh, it's nice to have that kind of freedom at the same time yeah you don't really have that kind of switch off time anymore because you know it's just all set up there you don't need to commute home you don't need to do anything so it's like oh I'll just do a little bit more and yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly but yeah it's interesting to interview sisters because I actually interviewed twin brothers for the for my last episode which hasn't come out yet actually is the guys behind Crane's drinks which is yeah oh. side of brand and, and other drinks but yeah it's it's we, so yeah. interesting we met, we met them. Yeah, we met oh, them at um, a, oh, it was at in, like Christmas um, fair. Yeah, in, oh, God, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, yeah, Truman Christmas building? Fair. Yeah, in East London. Oh, really? I love that building. And, um, yeah, I think we were, I think we did a product swap, which was great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. No, they're really nice. That was years ago, though, so that's great to hear that they're still kind of, they're still going strong. Yeah, they are doing really well. And yeah, again, brothers working together, sisters working together. I can't imagine ever working with my sister. <laughs> um, I think that it's would be for it. both of us. For both of us, it would be hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People either love the idea or hate it. And they're like, I don't know how you do it. Or, oh, I'd love to work with my sister. Yeah, I mean, I know you're, we're going to get into it. Yours was kind of um, circumstantial, wasn't it, that sort of started it off. But just to, just to recap, so you, your company is called Squirrel Sisters and you have great tasting but healthy snacks that um, use natural ingredients and your whole ethos is that they're not packed with loads of artificial sweeteners and sugars. As and Is the whole range gluten-free and vegan as well? Yes, yeah, yeah, whole range and no added sugar. So we are the only snacking brand in the UK with a whole range of no added sugar products. So yeah, it's kind of really sets us apart from all the others and then we've got the awards as well so that's um yeah we're all about taste we you know are we have to have great tasting products um mm. that's our number one thing along with our no added sugar vegan and gluten-free claims that's amazing you're the only company still because there's been such mm. a kind of influx of snacks and, and food brands that are trying to be more on the healthy side aren't there so to still mm. kind of have that title is pretty impressive yeah because I think the thing that we found and you know we have had I suppose you know kind of over the years there's been opportunities um where things have come up product potential kind of new products 
Um, but the ingredients just aren't the quality that we want. And I think what happens is like to use syrups and sugars is a much cheaper way of doing it. Um, and you can also, you know, there's prettier sugars now. So, you know, things like brown rice syrup, coconut sugar, things like that, that sound much nicer. And in some ways, you know, they're a little bit better than really refined sugar, but they're still a processed sugar. So um, we've steered clear of ever using anything like that. We only ever use, um, so dates in our bars and then in our nuts, we're, it's just really our new range of nuts, which we launched last week, actually, or week before. Um, We just use just yeah we don't add anything no added sugars whatsoever so majority of brands will add kind of sugars to the flavoring um to either sweeten it or to bind the flavoring onto the nut but yeah we've steered clear of that because it's just so important to us which we'll obviously come on to as Sophie's sort of the background of why we initially started but yeah that's what makes us very different um is that we won't ever use um any sugars we quality is key um and we wouldn't compromise on that do you compromise on things other brands don't by choosing to go down that path? Do you find that your production is much more costly because of that? Or do they preserve as well your products? Um, yeah, they do preserve as well. And they they are a bit more, well, our bars are more expensive um, to make. But because we're such a lean company and we don't have loads of overheads and, you know, we don't have an office or anything like that, we actually are able to still be competitive in a, mass on a mass market level so yeah we probably pay more than people who yeah just would make like kind of a flapjack with a syrup you know especially the big big brands but um yeah we were we were able to find a way around that so that we can still be accessible to people Mm. now this year's obviously been really really tough and unpredictable and it's been full of anxiety for people and things like growth and expansion have kind of gone down the list and just surviving for small businesses has kind of been at the top um I've been interviewing different people for this kind of mini series on small businesses I interviewed Harriet from Mallow and Marsh last Mm. week the um, Mallow and Marsh confectionery brand and um her whole backstory was that she was bet 50 quid she couldn't make marshmallow at home and so um she safely said yeah she kind of knows she won that bet now but a personal story um Sophie you had quite a health scare didn't you which eventually led to the business becoming what it is today um if you don't mind can we just go into a little bit about that to just set the scene of how this all came about yeah of course um so it was about eight or nine years ago, I had just a routine health check at work. They were offering like free private sca- um, sca- full body scans. So everyone went for it, kept coming back saying, you know, oh, I drink too much, eat too much cheese. And I was told that I had a heart condition. So it was a huge shock. I um, They did an ECG and they found that I had a condition called Wolf Parkinson White, which means that it's to do with your the circulation the circulation around your heart um kind of electrics I guess and it was a huge shock because what it meant was that if anything went wrong or through the wrong path you could literally drop dead and you hear those horror yeah. stories about you know people running the marathon just dropping dead they yeah. didn't know that anything was wrong and I had been doing all these challenges like the three peaks in London to Paris just having absolutely no idea so um scary. so scary and um yeah, I was kind of rushed to the top of the waiting list, seen um, by the, a really good, luckily my local hospital was a really good place to have it done. Um, but unfortunately, the actual procedure ended up being quite traumatic. So what they do is they have to pump you through loads, sorry, <laughs> have to pump loads of chemicals through you um, to test your heart. Um, and you have to be awake because they need to see your reaction and um it was really awful and yeah I just had such a bad reaction to that afterwards um and also that the the actual operation didn't work because it's so um delicate because obviously it's your heart they they do say you know sometimes it doesn't work and my reaction was yeah it didn't work and I just had an awful time I suppose after all the chemicals and everything so I went home was living with Gracie we're living together in Balham and I just wasn't recovering like I was so just pretty much bedridden like I was so tired and exhausted I had no energy 
And then when I started kind of eating more food, I would just get the worst reaction to certain things. And we figured out between us that it was sugar that was causing mm-hmm. it because even something like ketchup, which had just a small amount, but it was a refined sugar, I would just, it would just set me back completely. Um, what do you so, mean that you that just make you feel awful? Yeah, so I would just be completely wiped out exhaustion-wise. Oh, wow. So if you if you think about the feeling of like if you have loads and loads of sugar and you have a complete crash, but it was like yeah. that, but you know, from the moment I woke up and for days after, but also had, you know, really awful bloating and stomach pains. And actually for years later I had loads of issues with various other foods like gluten as well. Um but we figured out that sugar was the main culprit um, and Gracie kind of scoured all the shops trying to find me things that were really tasty, that were sugar-free and, you know, couldn't find anything that was suitable. So she took it upon herself to like start experimenting in the kitchen. And yeah, after a lot of different um, recipe trialing and she had a Nutribullet that she was using, uh, came up with the recipes for our first, one of our first products, which was the raw brownies, which was just like so brilliant at the time. Because if I'm such a kind of foodie, I know loads of people hate that word, but, um, you know, food is a real pleasure for us in our family. Yeah. That's how we've grown up. And it was really, because I couldn't do much, it was really depressing that I couldn't even eat like nice things and people would bring stuff around and I'd be like I can't even eat that Mm. um and so when Gracie came out with these recipes it was just it was just really exciting because it was like wow something that actually tastes really good that makes me feel good and completely cut sugar out then I was rebooked in for for the procedure again and so I probably took me kind of three or four months to recover the first time and I was back at work within a couple of weeks just after completely turning my diet around I mean it wasn't even that bad before you know it was just quite a normal diet you know I wasn't particularly healthy or unhealthy and so it just made such a huge difference just cutting sugar out I guess it must have been really strange to see how much refined sugar is in ingredients like it's in so much everything yeah yeah like even now we you know, and that's why we brought out the nuts because there just aren't any ranges of, I mean, there are certain, you can buy salted nuts, for example, but there aren't any really delicious, exciting nuts that don't have sugar in it. So yeah, we've kind of kept to our guns because what we'd, you know, after a few years, we thought, well, sorry, I got better. And then I moved to Singapore, Grace is still in London. And then we, when I moved back, we just thought, actually, no still no one's doing this you know we really we have a responsibility now to get these out there because it will help so many people because there are so many diseases and things which are just exacerbated by inflammation and sugar is such a huge part of that so um yeah that we decided to to go for it and make it our mission and it is really hard running a business but because we've got that really strong mission and that story that's keeping us going you know really it makes us not give up, basically. Absolutely. It actually reminds me a tiny bit of the backstory to Deliciously Ella's brand as well, how she, was, mm. she wasn't well, was she? And she was looking for foods that were going to help and realised that actually she needed to change her whole diet and actually mm. make it all herself, which led to actually there's yeah, a gap exactly. in the market here. So because sugar addiction is so real, isn't it? Like mm. you say, it's in everything. I know mm. that when I try and even think about cutting out sugar it feels too much for me Mm. to do it feels like too much for transformation and I I just don't feel very educated on it like I don't really know what's out there to have or or what I can replace it with or how I can make things but for you changing the diet was the only thing you could really do so you were kind of forced into finding these alternatives yeah exactly and just making a lot at home and that's where the blog came from and that's where we originally started because it was all about finding little ways of being healthy and still really enjoying your life because that's our thing is you know we really like we like going out and having a few drinks with our friends we like you know eating pizza we're not kind of complete health freaks at all we just really want to feel good and that time in my life I think really just hit home with you know how important it is to look after yourself and 
think so many people are finding that at the moment with coronavirus is mm. you know by indulging too much at home they're actually really seeing an effect on their physical but and mental health so Definitely. if you're eating really well then you do actually feel good and it is actually really linked absolutely and grace if you you obviously weren't ill but were you enjoying that kind of process as well of looking for different foods and making them and seeing that you can make actually tasty things that are healthy definitely I think yeah I mean we our mum has always been quite health conscious so you know our biscuit drawer was actually full of um like seed bars and um you know like oh, those, <laughs> which was awful when we were growing up we were like what the hell is this and, not um, great tasting yeah grateful um, now though yeah um but then yeah so you know we've kind of grown up with parents that are quite health conscious I mean our dad's parents died um when they were in their early 50s so he's always been quite health conscious too um so yeah um I mean I obviously before I moved in with Sophie I was at uni and definitely was not healthy at all um I actually got uh, I got pneumonia when I was at uni um from really not looking after myself so that was a kind of wake-up call um and then obviously moving with Sophie and seeing her going what she was going through I just thought god like we have to do something um so yeah started experimenting and I just became just I just absolutely kind of loved it and I loved like Sophie said the way it made me feel because you know it's all fun when you're eating it or you know going out and getting really drunk and stuff but then the next day that feeling you know you're like I'll never drink again it's kind of like that with the sugar like if we're kind of overindulging um but obviously like Sophie said we're not complete health freaks like we do um you know indulge occasionally but just having that alternative is so great and like you genuinely feel like you're having a treat but you're not having the kind of negative side effects um and when I was doing a lot of research about sugar I kind of found well I think in the UK it's like 60% of the UK are either obese or overweight and I think it's over a half of all calories eaten are from processed and sugary foods. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, that was just, you know, that's shocking in itself. Um, but yeah, it was just really interesting to actually find how many brands that you think are healthy are actually not at all. And I, I actually kind of felt quite misleaded um, by that or misled by that um, and then obviously thinking of what I could do for Sophie you know there wasn't really that much available that had all the things that Sophie needed so the no added sugar the gluten-free and the taste um, so obviously taste was so important it had to taste great because otherwise what's the point of eating it um, mm. and obviously when you're feeling low and recovering from something like that you just you, know, you want something that makes you feel happy <laughs> food mm. makes you happy um so yeah it was just really interesting to kind of see how many brands that we thought were healthy are actually not at all um and we yeah so started experimenting making them on a Nutribullet it was never a business idea at this point it was literally just we we like this food and it made us feel good and then yeah um like Sophie said she moved to Singapore I was still in the UK I was working in film and TV and yeah we just thought we're still we can't stop thinking about this kind of we all we talk about all we did talk about and we still do is like food like we just love food <laughs> and yeah. like how it makes us feel and everything and so and we're really really genuinely passionate about it it's all stemmed from you know the the heart situation um but yeah we saw an opportunity in the market um and also just thought we can't stop talking about this so we have to do this this has to become a day-to-day -day thing yeah, for yeah. work um so yeah we then launched the vase in 2015 and 2015 and launched into whole foods um, and Planet Organic they were our first um, retailers um, yeah and yeah and then it's just kind of grown from there so you sped up a little bit there because I want to go back to when you're <laughs> yeah. um, although you've, you've given the big reveal Gracie how old were you when you got told you had this heart condition to when you decided like what was the age between getting the diagnosis to then deciding the two of you right let's actually and make this a business you'd gone to Singapore and come back again um so I think I was about I must have been 26 yeah I was 21 22 with two years apart in age so yeah <laughs> I, I always go by also like because I I found out like when I met my 
now husband. So I always go by how long we've been together. We've been together yeah, yeah. Nine, nine and a half years. So yeah, I must have been 26. Um, and then we launched, it must have been like three years later. I'm literally using our relationship as a timeline. <laughs> yeah, so I must have been 29 when we launched the business. So you decided, look, we're both really passionate about this. We haven't stopped talking about it or thinking about it. We, we're still obsessed with creating interesting, healthy, tasty foods. So let's start a business. What happens then? How do you take it from essentially a kitchen at home hobby to professionalizing it? Um, well, it, we were definitely very naive at that that point. We we didn't we just thought, how hard can it be? And why isn't everyone doing this? Like it must be so easy. So that really helped us because it gave us a real false sense of confidence. <laughs> a bit of naivety, um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I think I'm so glad that we didn't have any, we literally didn't see why we couldn't do it. And that was a brilliant thing. Yeah, we found a factory eventually um, who could scale up for us. So Gracie had been making the recipes at home and then, we found that there were some small tweaks, but some people wanted us to make massive tweaks and it does all come down to cost. Um, but luckily we found a, a, part, a manufacturing partner who they believe in quality as much as us and taste and were able to replicate pretty much the recipes. And now we work with them really closely. Like when Grace is developing new recipes, she works really closely with them on you know which nuts last uh, longer so for example we really wanted to use the macadamia nut to begin with but it wouldn't have been something that lasted very long and therefore the mm-hmm. taste wouldn't have been as good as it would when you freshly make something so yeah that's how we kind of got into scaling up I suppose from our kitchen table. So did you go um, straight from kind of kitchen table to a manufacturing process rather than you didn't go down the route of like I'm going to start selling in local shops or or market stalls or things like that we did actually well because it sounds really easy like when we say it but actually to find a manufacturer was probably one of the biggest challenges we faced Um, and we did look at renting a kitchen at one point (laughs) then we kind of thought about it we were like how on earth would we do that like we would to to be running a business and then literally in the kitchen make I just don't I can't even think about that like I just don't know how it would work (laughs) um and you need all the machinery because obviously you need to like yeah it just wouldn't work so um it took about six months to find this factory that could replicate what we were doing at home because actually like they've said you can't you can't just hand over a recipe to a fact it's completely because they've got such huge machines um it completely like changes the taste the texture everything I think we, we always wanted to be like a mass market brand didn't we? yeah so, yeah so <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> we didn't this. see why yeah we didn't see why we couldn't be in the supermarkets we were like people need this product so mm-hmm. we need to we know we we could have potentially done a few orders and made them ourselves but we were like no we need we we're going to be in supermarkets so we need yeah. to yeah. find a manufacturer so that capitalize that on that gap that you knew was there yeah yeah what else did something that actually um that was really good with the factory found is they were very supportive and with some huge factories you have you know huge um MAQs and that's minimum obviously order. huge yeah minimum order quantities so that's <laughs> right, obviously yeah. like a, a huge investment and we were using our savings to begin with we didn't want to get investment or anything like that um so we were really really lucky because our factory basically let us do a very small run um and when we did the trials it only cost a couple of hundred pounds which it, it was very good in comparison mm-hmm. to some of these huge factories um so yeah we were very lucky that we didn't have to do huge production runs and we could kind of do a trial pay for the trial we then got the samples to give go out and kind of reach all the different buyers um send them samples and then once we had an initial first order we could then you know we then put in the production we then booked in the production run so we didn't actually have to kind of invest anything which was really very very good for Mm. early stages um so yeah we were very lucky with our factory they've been absolutely amazing yeah that's quite rare isn't it to be able to do it without 
you know, having a load of investment to start off with and to go straight down that route. And and things like the branding. I love the brand because it's the two squirrels and it kind of forms a heart with their tails, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It's really nice. Did that, is that something you came up with as well or did you outsource straight away to sort of a branding agency? We outsourced but oh. kept it in the family to my husband. Oh, nice. <laughs> Luckily, he's a, he's a graphic designer, so he... Perfect. I mean, I, I think that was something that really helped us early on, actually, is because he, cre- even when we had the blog, he created a brand for us. And then we he started looking at what the packaging could look like. Mm. And I think we were so excited by having that, that we, that, that kept us going to find the factory. Um, and we've, yeah, we've changed it since to what you just said about the, the squirrels with the hearts. And um, yeah, it's it really has helped having him because it's such a huge cost for small businesses the branding side of things so yeah we've been really really lucky having that Mm. with the chats I had with Crane's brothers and with Harriet at Mallow and Marsh is this whole process of getting into supermarkets and stockists and you know having to find the buyers and having to pitch your product in is is branding a huge element of that obviously you've got these great USPs in in that they're healthy affordable snacks but is a lot of it still in the way it looks and making sure it looks right for that that supermarket or that shop I think so yeah Mm. yeah I I think you know we've well yeah I think for us as well I think what's great about having Ian as our designer he's able to kind of mock something up before we have to even you know we've got the product we've done a trial of something we don't have to do a production run yet we've got the samples Mm -hmm. and then so Ian can do the design then we can reach various different buyers and send visuals and then that's what then gets them excited to kind of see what ah. the product will look like um, and we've recently with our new nuts we've um put ourselves on the front of pack <laughs> so I'll show you I know obviously this is a podcast but um so we're on the front of pack now and yeah they was, look great I saw that on your website that was very um yeah we we did that because you know we really wanted to bring our story to the front of pack mm. we we've always kind of had a sign off on the back but the story is so important you know there's so many new brands kind of popping up here and there and loads of you know different products and you know we the story is so important and that's what buyers really also buy into um so we really wanted to put ourselves out there more um and really show that kind of well story and the sisterly bond um yeah it's all yeah exactly so yeah for us branding is very very important and yeah we're very lucky to have Ian because <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night we can be like oh Ian, <laughs> tomorrow we've got a pitch can you just finish something off for us <laughs> so yeah it's all about pulling in the favors yeah <laughs> definitely um how has this healthy part of the market changed since you launched have you seen lots of people come and go have you got more competitors now I know at the, at the site you said you're still the only um, snack brand to have completely no refined sugars and be vegan and gluten-free is that correct yes yeah so I would say actually we we definitely so we've been going five years now we're literally five um last week <laughs> as a business and um yeah. we have seen so many brands come and go and I think that's because it's it is really hard um it's not easy but having that genuine passion that is what is so important I think never start a business just because you know you've just got to have that passion you really have to love Gracie I mean not Gracie (laughs) Sophie oh no (laughs) but yeah no um uh yeah we've just seen so many brands come and go and like you know when we launched we the, the like I would say 10 brands that we knew very well have now disappeared or had to kind of stop because either mm. it just hasn't I it's just it's really really hard and also you know we took we didn't pay ourselves for the first however many years or you know some months we wouldn't be able to afford to pay ourselves yeah. so that's really tough um and you know if you've got families if you've got people that you're supporting it's not necessarily possible to continue um unless you kind of get a side job or something but yeah we it's it's really tough so yeah we have seen a lot of brands come and go and I think in terms of health like obviously that's a growing it's constantly growing there's so many brands coming out coming out that are bringing out health products but 
like we said, in our opinion, um, there's still kind of doing what they were doing when we first launched and using cheaper ingredients like the mm. processed um, sugar alternatives. Um, because, yeah, that, well, yeah, that's what it seems, it seems to still be that way. So we very much stay true to what we were at the start. We haven't compromised. We haven't got cheaper as we've grown which a lot of brands do um so yeah we're still very much kind of yeah we stuck to what we genuinely believe in and that passion is what's kind of kept us going are you back Sophie I'm back can you hear me oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay good yeah. And suddenly this stopped working and I was trying to do it on my computer but <laughs> I, I could see you just kind of slyly like tapping your, uh, your... <laughs> yeah. and then you were like about that <laughs> So have you found that as more people kind of enter the market, there's more demand for these kind of products? Yeah, definitely. I think people are, they want to make healthy changes, but taste is still number one priority for snacking choices. And that's why for us, it's so important to keep, I mean, because we want to eat them too, but it's um, really important to keep that great taste level. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think people... That's why we've called out, you know, no added sugar on the front of pack now, because we just want to make it easy for people to be able to make that decision. And mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people do want to. And we saw an uplift when we did that. So that in itself is quite a big sign that that people really want healthier alternatives. Other things people should look out for on packs that tell you if it is what it says it is or what's misleading on packaging because you see things like no added sugar on quite a lot of things but Mm. often I'm sure they're not still that healthy I think um what we always go on is if you look on the back of pack and you can understand the ingredients you're kind of all right you know like so if you see all these random different things that are just you know sound like it's another language then you know fair enough you and we're not saying like you know it's all or nothing but if you are trying to make a healthier choice, then generally there are fewer ingredients or they're just, we call them kitchen cupboard ingredients, you know, and that's what we've always tried to use as well. So they're kind of additives that have been put in. Yeah, or preservatives. Um, Right. Yeah. Or different different kind of sugars, you know, like glucose, syrups. Um, The syrups is something to look out for or anything that kind of is something sugar or um, Mm. something syrup. So like Mm. brown rice syrup, I mean, you know, it's not awful in any way and it's all about balance really at the end of the day. But it's just for us, we find it quite frustrating that there are some quite big health brands out there or brands that are known as being healthy and they really push, you know, they've got no or a certain amount of sugar or something but actually they're not you may as well have a Snickers um, uh, <laughs> like, really? um yeah. so just yeah check the back of pack and obviously yeah long ingredients list is never good um but yeah just check the kind of if you are you know worried about it just check the sugars and then maybe google um and find out you know how that sugar is you know made is it heavily processed um, because at the end of the day, if it is, it's gonna your body's going to respond to it as it would refined sugar. Um, so yeah, and also yeah. be careful of sweeteners because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, lower sugar," but they've got these different sweeteners which are really they're not very good for you because they give your body the signal that you're having something that you're not, and that's not great for your body either. Mm. So I think some people argue that having a sugary coke is just as just similar or almost better than having say a coke zero because actually at least with the coke your body is saying all right I'm having some sugar and processing it as sugar although that's not a great reaction but it's better than having something where it thinks it's getting sugar but then there's no calories to process Mm. Um, and I know there are better sweeteners I I believe stevia is quite a good one but um, it's not as good taste you know it's got quite a a strong aftertaste and it hasn't been around for that long so you don't know actually how good it really is um but yeah I I was trying because I was actually looking yesterday for some no added sugar just some uh, just to see what snacks were out there but also see what kiddie snacks were out there for my daughter and everything has sweetness in it that says no Mm. added sugar and I'd rather give her like just some fruit than something with sweeteners in it even if she'd prefer you know the biscuit or whatever it might be yeah, yeah. so is that an area you guys could expand into then 
You never know. <laughs> I'm sure Lola, I mean, Lola is a big fan of our bars. Like, if I can guarantee that one thing will make her happy, it's our bars. She gets so. quite like um, sassy when she sees one. It's when she's like stomps. She can't really stomp yet because she's only just walking, really. But it's kind of she does like <laughs> like point yeah. her finger. You can't eat one in front of her unless you share it, and even then, you're not really getting much of it. Well, that's a good sign, I think. Very good sign. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> So talk me through all your different products then. What was the first one you created up to the new ones that you have out now? The first ever one was our cacao brownie, um, which is the original Squirrel Sister snack. So um, yeah, and then from that, we so at the same, our first three, so our cacao brownie, um, our coconut cashew, which we actually no longer make, um, and our raspberry. Um, and then we recently launched... Um, two other flavors which are slightly higher in protein but they're complete we don't add protein powders because again if you have protein powders you usually have to add syrups to mask the flowery texture and taste um, Mm. that you get with those protein powders so we launched a peanut caramel and peanut raspberry Um, we've got share bags options so like sharing size in little bite-sized brownie pieces so we've got our cacao brownie cacao orange and we have just launched our nut range so we've got four flavors we've got sea salt and apple cider vinegar sea salt and cracked black pepper smoked almonds and fiery chili um, cashews as well so yeah, and then we're launching crackers too, which hopefully will be ready by the end of the year. Oh, nice. You've got quite a lot, haven't you, in that range? Yeah, it's quite, mm. it's, yeah, grown suddenly this year as well with our new nut and um, cracker cracker range. Um, yeah, we've just suddenly kind of expanded quite a bit with the range. So that's nice. Yeah, and actually we're finding that buyers, but also our direct customers just really want more variety in a no sugar format, which is yeah. why it seems like a weird time to start launching new products when it's you know everything's going on as it is but actually we just really feel that it's the right time to give people these healthier alternatives Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you how did you attract buyers then to start with because you you mentioned before you're in some really big places now which you know isn't easy to get into but the fact that yours was slightly different it's that you know as a more healthy snack option and you've got these amazing USPs do you find that that was then easier to get the attention of buyers because you weren't just another confectionery brand or another chocolate bar um yeah definitely I think a lot of buyers especially now are really buying into the fact that we are a no added sugar brand um at the very beginning I think we just had this kind of you know naivety at approaching buyers we didn't go through the more traditional routes because we had no experience of doing that so you know some buyers we've just called up um we've found buyers who are going to certain um exhibitions and shows and that's how we got whole foods is um we assumed that the whole foods buyer would be going to this speciality food show so we started we emailed him already we tried to link in with him and he wasn't replying to anything so he's just inundated. Mm. So we started um, tweeting him pictures of squirrels. So we just Googled <laughs> two cute squirrels and just started sending them to him on Twitter. No and he way. responded. And we also just stalked him to find his personal Twitter, <laughs> which he didn't seem to mind. Um, and, yeah, and then we said, we're going to the show. He said, yeah, meet me outside at nine. This is still all via Twitter. This is and then um, we literally, Gracie got onto the Nutribullet, was making samples for him. I put together a small presentation. So, like, Gracie gave him the samples. We were walking and talking through everything, like, on our phone while he went into this exhibition. And then two <laughs> weeks later, we had an email saying that he loved it. He really liked the packaging, actually. For him, that was what really made us stand out. Um, and, yeah, so that's how we got into our, our first retailer. Um, And some just take a while and it's just constant reminding and um, a lot of retailers now are doing kind of um, smaller brand schemes as well. Like they really want to support smaller brands. So um, Sainsbury's, for example, do something called the Future Brands um, Scheme, which is great for, I think it just gives more small suppliers a chance to apply for that spotlight, I suppose, and a chance for them to be reviewed. So 
it's a really positive time to be a small brand actually Mm. people who are starting their own yeah you mentioned things like planet organic but is that not quite a a hard one to sell and not to get into it as such but because everything in there is kind of deemed you know organic or healthier is the competition therefore harder in a place like that as opposed to perhaps a more mainstream supermarket um I suppose people uh, have more time and they're looking at the labels in those kind of places so yeah that's true in, in a way no and also Planet Organic and Health is really encourage you to come and do sampling which we obviously can't at the moment yeah. so you get to actually meet people and tell people and that really helps um but I mean in Whole Foods where there is definitely the biggest selection of snack bars we're the third fastest growing snacking brand in oh, there incredible so that just kind of goes to show like even amongst like from small to big brands in there you know like people are taking notice and really like and going back and buying it again because they really like the taste as well mm-hmm. um I'd say actually yeah it's just the impulse areas in bigger supermarkets are probably the most challenging mm. it's just because people don't have the time and they you know kind of go in for a sandwich and then they might have five minutes to buy everything so they don't want to stand there looking at different ingredients so that's why guess- it's important where people's motivation is, yeah, I want to be healthier, you are still competing with a whole shelf of desirable chocolate bars that are really bad for you, but so appealing and addictive because they mm. are. <laughs> so it's so hard to, although I think social media has played a massive part in it, helping make people more aware of a wellness lifestyle and a mm. more healthier option. But in reality, to actually change those behaviours is tough, isn't it? Because they're so habitual. Mm. Mm, definitely and I think you know we've always wanted to kind of sit I'll have our products sit in you know the confectionery area that's really why we started that's why we've, we've used names such as you know cacao brownie you know we want to evoke that kind of treat um feeling so but you know if people are there already in that aisle they're probably going to go or that they made the, the decision that they want to get the chocolate bar or something so that's why our packaging has been so important we really want to kind of catch um people's eye and you know be kind of you know make people think like oh what is this if they haven't heard or seen us before then hopefully they'll pick us up try us and then like it and then come back um but yeah I think now more than ever with obviously this pandemic um health being at the forefront of everyone's mind um you know the government bringing in the initiative to crack down on sugary foods has really helped us in kind of spreading our message that as a small business we don't really have the massive budgets to do you know we don't have the budgets to kind of educate everyone so we're very much having to kind of push our product with its packaging you know making the claims really obvious like Sophie said with the no added sugar um on the front of pack but yeah I think now health really I think at the start of lockdown people were maybe kind of indulging and, you know, having more chocolatey, sugary things. But then it's kind of gone on and on and on. What we thought was going to be a couple of weeks is now pretty much the whole year. (laughs) And I think everyone's actually become really kind of health conscious and just wanting to look after themselves, whether that's physically and mentally. You know, mindfulness, um, wellness as a whole has really grown this year. Um, and healthy snacks the purchases of healthy snacks is, has really grown and we've definitely seen an increase on things like our website um, so it has been really interesting to see the shift since we've kind of had a global pandemic where health is now you know it, it is a fact that coronavirus can affect you in a worse way if you are more unhealthy and um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to see that. And obviously from five years ago, I think it has, it's really obviously changed. Um, people, you know, c- customers are very savvy to it now um, and they're much more open um, to kind of trying something that tastes good that is also going to make them feel good. And also going back to your whole story and you're now on the packet of your product, your website is a bit of an extension of your story as well as next. You've got that really nice blog and you can invite consumers into your world a little bit more in the backstory that allows them to see that you actually live this kind of life. It's not just a business mm. idea. This is how you live your life, the backstory to it, the health 
problems. And it's nice because I think at this time, people are also looking at independent small businesses rather than these kind of faceless companies and wanting to emotionally engage a little bit more with the people behind them. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, we've had, um, I mean, we have quite a loyal following who are quite engaged on social media anyway. So it's been really nice to try and do a bit more for them. So we've like, during the first lockdown, we were doing uh IGTV lives so we were just cooking together but not together like we took it in turns to teach each other to make something and um that's was really yeah we had really good feedback from that and then um we've started doing an interview series which is just about kind of inspiring people to just people with different stories so it's not necessarily just the people who want to start a business but people who just love hearing those stories and how people have changed their lives through different things. Um, so we interviewed uh, another sister brand called by Sarah London, who um, Lauren had um, myeloid leukemia years ago and had to isolate. And, you know, it's, it was really interesting and helpful, I think, for people to find, hear her story for someone who's been through something so horrendous mm. that now she's come back on top and she's, you know, got her own brand as well. So, yeah, I think also people are buying more directly from us, which is quite a big sign that, you know, people want are looking for those small businesses and the healthier businesses to buy directly from. Yeah, we've been more honest and open with our story because it was something we didn't massively push about my heart before. And I think we realised that actually people hearing a story about how my life has turned around has really been inspiring because also then it's like well how do you give up sugar and what can you do so it's been really nice to talk to people directly about what what they can do and provide the the recipes and the lifestyle tips for two mm-hmm. sisters who still really want to have a good time as well mm-hmm. yeah so not exactly. the way we can't do that much at the moment but we do <laughs> want to have fun <laughs> so do you ever just indulge in a load of sugar <laughs> um <laughs> sit there like in mounds of sugar lumps um <laughs> I mean I think it's more like you know like if you go to a friend's house for example and they've like or it's someone's birthday and you know you wouldn't say like oh no I don't eat sugar it's that kind of thing it's just like every now and then but I'm actually pregnant at the moment so I've had massive sweet cravings and um I definitely had more sugar than usual at very the very beginning so I needed something instant but I I've had to really just kind of almost go back to how I was living before when I had a heart condition because I was feeling so horrendous and I'm so tired and emotionally I found this pregnancy much harder so I've actually really found a positive change since cutting out sugar again Um, so yeah I, I wouldn't say like we kind of purposely would go and indulge in sugar but we definitely you know if the time's right we, we would have something and not worry about it because I think also sometimes that worrying about what you're eating can yeah. end up in stress yeah and then exactly. you know it's like a, the whole orthorexia conversation you don't want to get yeah. so obsessed by something that you can't live a normal life yeah I mean, booze is a big area of sugar isn't it like people that go out drinking and you have a glass yeah. of prosecco or something or you don't really realize how much sugar is in there and yeah. obviously you can feel it the next day with the hangover because that is obviously a huge part of it is this huge mm. sugar high and then drop yeah yeah and I, I mean we both love obviously Sophie you can't drink right now <laughs> 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 but we both I mean I love wine um mm. like I absolutely love it um but I hate I was gonna say you know you're drinking a glass of it now and it's you know (laughs) 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 yeah this is not actually coffee (laughs) Um, uh, that's why my memory earlier went a bit (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like I you know like I hate I I don't ever drink like I used to you know when you're younger and at uni you literally can be hung over then go out again the next night I oh. definitely now I'm older I cannot handle even like if I share a bottle of wine with my boyfriend like I feel it the next day so um yeah like but I love I suppose with me like white wine doesn't make me feel great so I never really have it I always pick kind of red and I also have a slight thing because apparently red wine is good for you <laughs> so, 
that as well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like, well, it's fine because it's got antioxidants. So <laughs> it's like, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very intuitive with how I eat and with drinking and stuff. Like I always have been. I really listen to my body, and if I want something sweet and that is more sugary, I, I will have it. Um, but I, yeah, I never kind of go overboard where I'm sat on the sofa with like five different packs of <laughs> chocolate yeah, yeah. but yeah I think it's all about just kind of listening to your body and not restricting yourself I think like Sophie said it can actually cause more stress if you are restricting yourself and if you want something have it it's absolutely fine if it you know and then yeah just kind of treat Adoration. it treat life with balance mm-hmm. I'm conscious of China we haven't even talked about COVID and how that <laughs> might have impacted the business I I interviewed Hannah from a jewelry and gift shop called Epanoui a couple of weeks ago actually um Gracie your mug I'm sure she sells that mug in her shop as well oh this is yeah. um wonky wonky wear it looks really similar to the one she sells and <laughs> um yeah it just keeps reminding me of it when you lift it up with your coffee shop wine uh, <laughs> but um yeah she has a bricks and mortar store so she's obviously felt it hugely whereas you know Harriet and Mallow and Marsh and Cranes and yourselves you don't have that physical shop so have you seen a big effect or what have the challenges been for you we've definitely been affected because our our bars are very much in like food service which is things like cafes and offices right. mm. so you know those sales have kind of gone pretty much I mean they're starting to come back um and also in supermarkets or bigger retailers when people were massively massively panic buying are you know the the supermarkets are so stretched and getting things on shelf and our products were you know bottom of the list we're like a small brand in snacking Mm -hmm. and so we definitely felt it at the beginning um but I would say we've kind of yeah I think now we are pretty much back to where we were which is great um we've got a new retailer coming on board in February which oh, we'll be announcing you know in the next few months well I don't know when we haven't decided but <laughs> <laughs> but that's definitely happening so that's a real positive for us um Holland and Barrett um are really keen on our new products and are keen to get us into stores as well so I think it's just been a shift and also we've got more direct customers as well and that's why we're trying to grow our our range so that there's more for people to come and buy um so that they can really have like their monthly essentials of snacks and things because people are still snacking a lot at home apparently so um trying to just understand the change in consumer behavior and help people by changing our offering slightly in terms of the formats or where we're selling so yeah, we're not we're really lucky we don't have a shop because I can't imagine how tough it must be for those people. Um and you'll have to send us the name of that shop because it sounds lovely. And I wonder if she has an online portal. Yeah. We really want to support small businesses as well. And um Definitely. Yeah, it's just really important at this time. And everyone's kind of going on the backlash against Black Friday, which I think is it's really good and actually there's not the pressure this year to do some big promotion and we're already trying to be as value driven as possible because it's mm-hmm. a tough year for everyone and we want people to be able to afford you know as much as possible our snacks so yeah definitely um, well I, Hannah said and I've said it a few times now she said you know if you don't use independent businesses you lose them and that's mm-hmm. literally it and so it's so important to just keep that going and and repaying into other small businesses as well but it's so good to hear that you know you're you're doing well again and although you did feel the effect it's now come back up and you you've got exciting things in the future like new stockists and products and things were there any plans that you had for this year that you had to put on hold or or move back a little bit um we're not very good at planning in advance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I that's probably a good thing this year. yeah we actually know I mean there were a couple of kind of events um that have obviously been cancelled that we were going to do um like we were speaking at uh I think it was the country living fair um I think we were speaking at that yeah. or, um but that obviously got cancelled um but no we actually were really lucky we haven't mentioned that in January we um for the first time took on uh, kind of an investor it's more like a business partner so Wilfred Emmanuel mm-hmm. Jones who is also known as the black farmer um so 
we started working with him in January and by lockdown we were you know well and truly kind of working with him on a day-to-day basis and that has really helped us because I think it was just the two of us um it would have been really difficult to kind of know what to do whereas he's quite a different character to us so he's just like what have you you know you're fine do it like do it now so you know with the nuts for example we turned that around in two months um Mm. which for a big brand I think would be unheard of I mean it takes them years to launch a new product so we managed to literally from kind of start to end have a uh, this new range um and that was very much down to him kind of really you know, we would have done it, but he just kind of pushes us in a different way um, and gives us the confidence, which I think lockdown and the pandemic, you know, we would have lost quite a lot of confidence and kind of, we just wouldn't have necessarily known what to do. We would have got through it. um, But yeah, just having that support of someone who's slightly, even though he's very much in the business and involved, he's also got his own business. So he kind of take a different viewpoint on things and be a new pair of eyes. So yeah, that, I mean, was so lucky for us to kind of have signed mm-hmm. that, yeah, kind of signed stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. one of the themes that come through with that, you can, with a small business, and that's inevitable, you can have the blinkers on a little bit. You're so within and amongst the brand that mm-hmm. it's hard to see it from the outside perspective. So to have someone who you really respect the opinion of, but can actually stand a little bit further back and see it from a different perspective and say, look, this is a good idea. And just give you that kind of assurance, I guess, sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. And I think because he's got a small business too. I mean, we've looked at, we've, you know, gone quite far down the line with other potential investors, but they're very kind of, I suppose, the typical investor, you know, the suit, the gray hair, um, and um, they just have a different, they just don't understand, or ha- the ones we speak to anyway, they just didn't understand how small business works and how it can be so changeable. Whereas Wilfred gets it, he's kind of dealt with exactly the same things as we have. You know, one minute you can get delist from from a big retailer, the next you can get a new retailer and get a thousand stores. So it's, you just, it's really, you know, up and down um, and he gets that. So it's been such a pleasure to be able to kind of work with someone like that that just gets it and kind of gives us a hard time but also completely (laughs) understands us um because he's been through it himself um so yeah it's yeah been really great nice and how many people work for you at the company you're looking at them yeah (laughs) yeah it's just us I mean we've had people you know we obviously outsource you know things like our accountant um but yeah it's just us and then Wilfred um and then what's really nice is he's got a scheme called the hatchery so he also works with a couple of other brands so it now feels like a really big team because we have kind of monthly team meetups like that you know on a on zoom or teams and um we all kind of bounce off each other we've all got different skills so we're all able to kind of share different things so for example like I'm now working with Wilfred and doing his PR and Sophie's doing all his um, Facebook and digital advertising as well. So we're able to kind of use our skills and help him and like other people in the team are able to help us. So it's a really nice kind of big kind of Mm. family feel, um, which we haven't experienced before because it's just been the two of us, which has been amazing. Mm. Um, But yeah, now it's like quite cool to kind of have more people that we can kind of get help and use people's skills that we might not necessarily have that's so impressive because I, I noticed earlier in the chat you said about not having an office and I thought surely they've got an office but do you not actually have a physical office either no we we gave it up <laughs> last year when I was oh no was it last year yeah um at the beginning of last over. year yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. when I was um probably like six months pregnant with Lola and we just like Gracie's always been quite good at working from home because of the nature of her job before um squirrel sisters but I hadn't been but then when I was pregnant I was just like oh my god this commute is killing me and we had we only had one employee and we just thought you know there's such a big cost and we just said no to the investment um at the time we just thought let's scale everything back and just see where we are in a few months um and actually we haven't gone back and then we, yeah Holly who was working for us she um moved on so it was just then the two of us and there was another girl working for us who lived in Nottingham 
she was a mum and she wanted to work from home and have the flexibility and we thought actually this is a great way to build a business it's just you know you can get you can attract so much more talent and I mean we, um yeah Lydia kind of helped us a bit while I was finding my feet with Lola and now we've got the support of Wilfred's team and everyone is remote so it you actually really kind well. of foresaw the future, I think, before it happened. Because actually, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have the overheads that people are stuck with at the moment. Where you say, oh, we're not really planners. I think that's probably the best way to be at the moment, to be able yeah. to be agile and actually change direction really quickly. Because that's what's really kind of screwed a lot of companies this year, you know, really sadly, is the fact that they have had quite strict structures and overheads and plans in place that are hard to deviate from. Definitely, yeah. like COVID happens, there's absolutely no choice but to go a different, go down a different yeah. road. Yeah, but actually, yeah. I think there's definitely like a kind of thing in small businesses and in the networks that we've been involved in, where people kind of have this thing that you know you have to, um, you know, get investment to grow, and you have to have hired the people before you grow, so that you're ready when you do grow, and we always kind of were like, oh, okay, so yeah, we need investment. But actually, you don't. It's so much better to just do as much as you can. And, you know, obviously, we we actually always wanted just someone to help us. That was always mm-hmm. our part. Well, you know, obviously, the money helps with cash flow. But we always thought what we really need is expertise. And actually, by taking our time and scaling back the business in terms of our outgoings, um, we were able to take the time and find Wilfred and that was the best thing because we've been offered so many different options over the years that we it's just never felt right Mm -hmm. and thankfully yeah we we waited so but I think yeah the advice to anyone would be kind of yeah to keep things as lean as possible Mm -hmm. even when you're big like Wilfred still doesn't have an office um and he's a much bigger brand now and Yeah. yeah it's it's I get why people do have it, but I think it's also, you know, don't overspend on it. Mm. So So did you think it was a kind of gut feeling then, like this felt right? Because that's another theme that comes through when I'm speaking to people like Hannah from FMWE. She very, very, very nearly doubled the size of her shop and took on Nextdoor's premises, which came up. And she was umming and ahhing and then thought, actually, my gut, it, it's taking longer than I thought. My gut is actually saying, don't do it. And then COVID happened. Thank God she oh did. God. Oh, she my God. Absolutely crippled the business. But also Harriet, she went on Dragon's Den with Mallow and Marsh and got these in, she got investment. But she actually then said, actually, no, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I can feel it's not quite right for what I need right now. Mm-hmm. But the work she had to prepare to go onto the show help transform the business because she had to get everything in order had the strategy and she said that was brilliant but actually taking Mm. the investment then it didn't feel right yeah oh uh, that is like trusting your gut is like our thing now like at the start we definitely didn't do that you know we there was one point actually and I think our first year when we were about to get or like get this guy on board that wanted quite a substantial amount of the business uh, he wanted like 25 percent and we were like we just felt because everyone else that was small was doing it you know they were giving equity away and that's what you have to do so we were like okay we just have to do it like ignore the feeling and our gut you know we just something wasn't right and we were both really emotional and um just like all over the place and we kept kind of going and then eventually I remember we were at mine working for mine we were talking about it and then we both just like burst into tears and at this oh. like you know where you can't even you're like I just don't know yeah. <laughs> and like, you can't like yeah and we both were like hysterically crying and it's because we both inside there was like something that didn't feel right but and yeah. we were so close to like signing and then since then and obviously you know we've had other hires where we haven't trusted our gut and stuff um along the way um and then another investment thing, which we then did trust our gut. But yeah, it's all about trusting your gut. And with Wilfred, it just, it, it was exactly what we had been kind of wanting um, and talking about a guy with expertise. He's got, he's got so much expertise. Um, and um, that's what we wanted, someone that could actually help us, um, not just give us the money. And it just felt so right. Um, obviously, there were moments, we had our moments because giving away 
um, part of your business is difficult. It's, you know, an emotional thing. Um, but yeah, it just a hundred percent trust your gut. And that's what in, in personal and business, you've got to do that. Mm. Oh, well, it's been lovely to speak to you and learn about it. I'm actually about to walk to, I'm in Angel. I'm going to walk to Marylebone to pick up a book from an independent bookstore. So I'm going to pick up a bar of Squirrel Sisters. Uh, oh. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll Instagram it. I'll see what one I fancy. And uh, yeah, really? eat it on the way because I definitely, definitely need to curb my sugar. We'll sure. have a long walk. walk. We'll have a long walk. Yeah, that is a long walk. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I figured, I've, yeah, I've got May nothing well. to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like you're going to an bookshop as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and pick it up. Really? It's actually a signed copy as well. I didn't even realise until yeah. I got the email. It's the new um, Dolly Alderton novel. Oh, oh wow. wow. I really want to read that. Yeah, I will. Amazing. It's such a nice afternoon for it when it's kind of crisp and cold. It's so lovely, like walking around London, and it'll be quiet, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, and it's not raining, and uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be nice. Amazing. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Yeah, it's been so nice to speak to you. Thank you so much. So nice. Thanks for having us. Enjoy your walk and speak to you soon. Yeah, bye. That was the delightful Sophie and Gracie of Squirrel Sisters. I hope you enjoyed that chat and got some really good tips from it and advice, especially if you have your own business or you're looking to start one. Next week is the fifth and last one in this mini series of looking at small businesses and how they've coped in 2020. And I chat to really really lovely girl called Gemma, who is a wedding stylist and event stylist. So obviously her business has really suffered this year it's been hugely hugely challenging but yeah she's still come out the other end which is the main thing and it's it's really inspiring actually what she says so do tune in and uh i'm taking a break and coming back in january for series two so if you're interested in featuring or you know someone that might want to feature do get in touch i love hearing ideas and um, I get some amazing ones coming through so do get in touch and see you next time